DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's time to welcome in Nick Ford, University of Utah offensive lineman. Nick joins us now on the Smart Rain guest line. Best State Award winner, Smart Rain, has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain's giving free controllers, along with a free Apple iPad, to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Nick, good morning. Good morning. Nick, it's a lot of work to get back to this point, but you have done it. You are in game week for the Pac-12 championship game for the third time in four years. Can you put into words for all the fans out there how much work it is when you got to start over, go back to square one, and try to get back to this point again? Yeah, I mean, it is It is a lot of work. You go, you know, you start all the way right after bowl prep and hit winter conditioning and you know, you have your long days, you're waking up at 5 in the morning, getting home at 11 o'clock, and that's pretty much your schedule most of the time until, you know, season hits, and then season's about like a 6.30 to 11, 10 o'clock schedule, and, you know, it is it is long and rough, for sure. Um, and uh, going into this season, I think this was probably, like, the longest road to get to this uh, point to where we are right now in terms of uh, physically and mentally. It's interesting that you get Oregon and you just pulverized them two weeks ago. We all know about that. I think it was the greatest conference win that the Utes have had since they've been in the Pac-12. And now you get them two weeks later on a neutral field. Uh, What are your thoughts about Oregon being maybe like a wounded animal? Because obviously you guys just embarrassed them. Not only just beat them, but embarrassed them. So what does that mean as far as... What's going to happen this week? Um, I mean, that doesn't mean anything if we don't go out there and do it again. Um, our main focus right now is, you know, just keep it even keel and continue to do what we've been doing. Because if you begin to, you know, uh, think too much and get too tense and get too stressed, uh, that's as bad as being too relaxed and not worrying at all. So um, we got to, you know, make sure that we understand that, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, because that's really what it was. A couple of days ago is a couple of days ago, and uh, this Friday is a new game, and we need to attack that game the same exact way that we did last time. But, uh, you know, it doesn't mean nothing if we can't go out and do it again. You know, after that Oregon win in the post game, Britton Covey brought up, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but basically said, We made them mad. They're going to be angry. They were going to bring it in that game in a way uh, that we had better be prepared for because they aren't going to be the same team they were out there tonight. And I wondered how much was that Britain just figuring that stuff out and looking ahead and how much the coaches addressed that with you after the game? Um, that was more Britain looking ahead because coaches really focus on, you know, whatever whatever we have next for sure. But, um, I mean, everyone understands that, you know, um, there is a good possibility of that. Um, you know, people have a lot of opinions and um there's a lot of competitors on that team and a true competitor is going to be really pissed off. They're going to be pissed off for greatness and it's going to, um, you know, make it into a way more fun game. I think it's cool that you play these guys because it's clear you guys are the two best Pac-12 teams. They're ranked 10th and uh, you're ranked 14th. So an opportunity to beat them again, you know, move up in the Rose Bowl and, and you'll obviously you'll play a highly ranked uh, Big uh, 10 team if you win, whoever wins will. Um, to me, from a fan perspective, 
that's what I want for the U of U to get the most exposure, the best possible outcomes possible. As I look at that, I think this is what it is. How do you view it? Um, I, I mean, I, I view it exactly how the coach has been viewing it. You know, going into this week being one and zero. That's that's my main focus. That's our main focus. Um, we understand that you know there's a good amount of exposure and there's a lot of great things that can come with you know the possibility of winning this week and you know a New York Six Rose Bowl. Um, but if if we look forward to the possibilities and the if ands or buts, you know you don't you don't accomplish what's set out right in front of you. So I mean um, you know we understand what um, can happen in the long run and what it could. Um, be interpreted like but uh we need to for sure continue to stay you know on our track that we've been doing nick ford you offensive lineman join us what if anything do you learn and do you take from the two previous pac-12 title games you've been in this will be the third and four years so there are going to be some guys in this roster you know familiar with this game in this moment what do you take from those two previous trips um a couple, a couple of things, and I think the main thing is what I've been harping on right now, and you know that we're getting the team, especially the young cats, to understand that uh, you know if, if there's not going to be anyone too relaxed, I guarantee you that there's no one on this team that's going to be too relaxed. Um, the worst thing that would happen is people being too tense because that's uh, you know that's as bad as being too relaxed. So I mean, um, you know, just getting everyone to understand that. You know, this is a big game, but don't, you know, big players make big plays on big stages. And um, we need to understand that and keep everyone at even keel and continue to push forward the way we've been doing. Because if we do that and we attack the week exactly how we attacked the week last time and we attack the game, we attack everything in the exact same fashion, we'll be okay. But, you know, if we start getting too tense, then it's not going to fare well. So we need to make sure, you know, we just continue to be ourselves and do everything we've been doing. As I checked out the Oregon-Oregon State game the other night and knowing that uh, Oregon needed to win, I think the most impressed that I was with the Ducks is their defense because Oregon State has been known to run the ball very, very well this whole entire season, and Oregon really bottled up the Beavers' running attack. I don't know if you watched it uh, and can speak to it, but I'm wondering uh, if you did, did they do anything different and how much more difficult do you think that this game would be for the Utes to run the ball against Oregon because their run defense on Saturday sure looked really good uh I mean their their run defense has been amazing all year you look at the stats um you know we like I said we played them a couple weeks ago and you know they're an incredible run defense they're a talented defense um they uh had we watched film and they've had a slight variation that's very slight and, um, you know, we're just going to go out there and do exactly what we did last time. And, you know, we got to understand that we dictate the tempo. And, you know, if we continue to go and do what we're do- doing, then we don't, we don't really have much to worry about. Because, but like I said a couple weeks ago, if you look at their overall stats, they're one of the best run defenses in the country. And I'm sure they still are to this day. Um, and I think the main thing is just going out there and, Understanding that even though we see everything on film from our game and we see everything from the Oregon State game, that we're going to go out there and they're going to have adjustments made. Um, maybe they did they, uh, are going to do things that they didn't do in the Oregon State game because they're saving it for us. Maybe they're going to do this, maybe they're going to do that. And uh, we were going to have to 
go out there and adjust and you know the faster we adjust and go we're you know we're going to start getting points on the board and the slower we adjust it's going to be the exact opposite so I think the main thing is going out there um, and doing what we've been doing and uh, continuing to play our style of football to you know produce the points we've been producing. How's Bam feeling? It looked like he uh, the one thing he didn't want was injuries in that game, and he he left, but he did come back to the game. So how's he doing? That boy's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's a fool now. That boy's fine. Yeah, I, I would think that uh, as far as health goes, it seems like you guys are in a pretty good position. So, you know, they've you've had a couple injuries along the way, but nothing that looks like would getting the what nothing new, I should say, should get in the way of this game, right? Yeah, de- definitely not. And you know, if if and you know things were to happen, or um, even if things were happening in the game, I think the mentality of this team is that uh, I think, in all honesty, that people would sacrifice the, their bodies to you know come out with their ultimate goal because you know it's been a very long road uh, mentally and physically, and uh, you know everyone's going to do everything they can until they drop to go out and do what we need to do. So with the Oregon players, uh, was there any, uh, either during the game or after the game, any talk about rematch next time, maybe you're walking off the field, see you in two weeks, any of that stuff, or no? Oh, no, for sure. No, I got a, I got a couple friends over there, and, you know, I was talking to them. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to see you in a couple weeks. Hey, yeah, I'm going to see you. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, just texting them and, you know, just being, you know, casual and stuff. Because, like I said, you know, football is an amazing sport, um, ultimate, one of the most ultimate competitive sports in the world. And, um, you know, it's still, you still have those friendships. And, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, there's a lot of talk. I mean, we got brothers on each other's team. We got people who grew up with each other. We got people uh, who went to the same school, who went to rival schools. Um, we, they, I mean, they got some Salt Lake boys and, you know, Utah boys. So um, there's a lot of people who have mutual connections. And, uh, you know, we all kind of figured it would happen. And, you know, we all have chit-chatted before. And, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I even was talking about it to a couple of the cats. So you've been coy about what your future plans are, uh, but that could have been your last game in Rice-Eccles. Was there any extra sense of emotions? Uh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, having my family be there and everything um, that came out, Paul Tawala and his wife, uh, I consider them family. They're really close to me. Um, you know, they printed out a, a big picture of my brother who passed away. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it was a tad bit of an emotional game. But, uh, you know, I kind of have a have a switch in my head. Um, so, you know, um, walking out the tunnel, it was slightly emotional. Um, but, you know, as soon as that was over, I mean, that was over, it was time to go out and play. You know, you've been at the U a long time now, and Kyle Whittingham has spoken of you probably two, at least two times in the last month at his press conferences, maybe more. Uh, and he, he clearly holds you in high regard and likes the way you, you work and the way you carry yourself and the way you're a leader on the team. And I'm just curious if you have heard so much from Kyle over the years. At any point, could you stand up when he's ready to address the team and tell him, never mind, Kyle, I got this. I know what you're going to say. I mean, as the words come out of his mouth, you literally know, I know he's going to say this. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, Coach Witz, uh, 
you know, he's an amazing guy. He has a very specific style of coaching, and that's what it's been for years. And the longer you're here, you start to understand that, and uh, you understand what he's going to say, when he's going to say it, how he's going to say it. Um, I would never dare interrupt him. You know, that's rude. Um, but, you know, we've grown uh, very close to each other. Um, he doesn't uh, – I don't I don't really listen into uh, the press conferences and stuff like that. Um, I'm sure, you know, he may say this, that uh, every, every now and again. Um, but, you know, my relationship with him is really nice. Uh, and that's the same with all the coaches. And that's what I think makes this program special is because – they're they're a coach, but at the same time, they're a father figure and friend. Um, they're going to be your coach and be that father figure, and you know, be stern when they need to. But at the same time, they'll joke the next minute, and you know, be friendly the next minute, and you know, chit chat, whatever it is. And um, so, yeah, you kind of get a feel for people's personalities, what they're going to say. It's like you know, having a friend that's uh, really responsible, and you know, who takes takes you know great care in you and um that's exactly who coach wood is he's going to be stern and make sure you do right but he's also going to be really friendly and you know make sure you're taken care of and happy vegas only four hours away from where you grew up do you expect some family maybe friends to be at this ball game oh 100 percent. they're already talking about driving out <laughs> already buying tickets and everything and asking me if i can get some more what how many do you get access to if any uh at least six and how many do you think you need? How many friends and family you will have? Will you have there? Oh, only God knows, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Right now, it's about like I think about like fifteen. As you go into this game, and it's going to be an electric atmosphere, right? Because the Rose Bowl on the, is on the line, so that's obvious. How do you balance between getting emotionally ready and at a fever pitch? but not going overboard with that? Um, it's a lot of experience. You know, that's why we talk to our young cats and uh, make sure they know what to do. Um, uh, we're, you know, we're going to go out to Vegas. We're going to go down into the stadium prior to playing the game uh, the day before. So nobody on the team is starstruck to be in uh, the new Raiders stadium. Then, you know, we're going to go back to the hotel and, you know, just have our normal, normal quote-unquote Friday of football where we all hang out. This is on Thursday. That's why I said, quote, unquote. We all hang out and, you know, watch a movie, go eat, you know, just have a good time, be around each other and, you know, cherish the moment. And, um, you know, go out there game day, go out, warm up, do everything. And, um, you know, just talk to everyone, get everyone hyped up, but not get too tense. And like I, like I said, that's been the main thing. And I think that's even going to be said on that game day is, you know, letting everyone understand, yes, we're on a big stage. Yes, it's a big game. Yes, there's a lot of things at stake. But, you know, we need to go out there and do exactly what we did a couple weeks ago and exactly what we've been doing for the past couple many weeks and you know as long as we continue to harp that and that's mainly throughout the week i think we're gonna win that battle throughout the week is attacking every single day like we've been doing and if you know if we do that i don't think the emotions are going to get too high i don't think people are going to be too tense but if we change how we have been preparing and up into the game then i think it will um affect us and uh We've done a pretty good job so far, and everyone's, uh, you know, in a good mood. They understand everything, just like a couple weeks ago. They understand everything on the line, but at the same time, you know, we're just preparing the way we've been preparing. 
You guys have played in classic old stadiums like the Rose Bowl and the uh, L.A. Memorial Coliseum, and you played in the new 49er Stadium. Really, is the new Raider Stadium going to blow anybody away? Is that really a, a potential issue? Uh, possibly. That's that's why we're going down there uh, the night before to walk around, see everything, probably go in the locker room, go out in the field, um, stuff like that. Um, you know, because it is, it is pretty cool, you can't lie. Um, and... Uh, you know, I think getting that out of our system, um, you know, having a space to where you can, you know, let those emotions run out and be kind of starstruck are pretty good, especially for some of the younger guys. But I know for some of the older guys, we, we kind of understand, you know, what we're going there for. And, uh, you know, we have time to, you know, be starstruck or look around and be excited afterwards. But we for sure, you know, going the day before, it's going to help out a lot of the young guys, you know, understand that, oh, look, this is a stadium just like every other stadium. You know, there's 120 yards, including the end zone of football fields. And, you know, there's no difference in that versus Rice Cycles or, you know, wherever we may be. Well, we want to cover the game January 1st, so we need you to win. So can, can you take care of that for us? Hey, man, we're going to continue doing what we've been doing. <laughs> Well, Nick, we appreciate a few minutes as always, and we will uh, talk to you next Monday. And, and, you know, if things go right, I'll be able to introduce you as the first Pac 12 champion in school history. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you, Nick. Take care. Nick Ford, Utah offensive lineman, join us every week here on the zone. How many U fans going to be there? How crazy that environment going to be, you think? Oh, I think they'll have a good 500. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's that's just people Nick knows from the South <laughs> Bay, apparently. <laughs> I would say in the 20s. That'd be a good crowd. Want to have that roar when you come out onto the field. Oh, it'll be noticeable. Yeah, absolutely it will be. You will know it. I mean, I don't think it's going to be 50,000 like it was for the Fiesta Bowl because it's a different situation here now, Rose Bowl, that's another story because the time of year, people can get off work. Here, it's probably going to be a lot of folks going down Friday day sometime, mm-hmm. maybe some folks Thursday. Um, so it's more of a get down there, watch the game, and, and then head out. Uh, so I would expect a decent crowd, but not like Fiesta Bowl and then anticipation of Rose Bowl. Because it's it's, it's not really a, uh, in this situation, it's, it's not really a planned vacation type thing. And the other thing, too, like Fiesta Bowl, I use that because that's the greatest moment, I think, uh, in terms of attendance in Utah. Because I was at the Sugar Bowl, I was at the Fiesta Bowl. And well, it, one, one was drivable and one yeah, was not. And so it's going to be different. You have... Weeks to prepare. Yeah. Here you had two. Oh, yeah, you had two, but a lot of folks, I think, bought tickets because it was inevitable. You know, because you had, even if you had lost Oregon, you still had the Devils were going to lose to Oregon State, and you were going to be Colorado. So it's a little bit longer than that. But this is almost like a business trip for the fans, too. It's not necessarily a vacation. Like in the Fiesta Bowl, you know, as I said a million times, walking around old-time Scottsdale and Tempe, and uh, you saw Ute fans everywhere because it was good weather, and they were down for several days. There's probably... of the 50,000, I think, that we estimated that they had Ute fans there, which I think was pretty close, 
you know, I think it was maybe probably, I just, this is off the top of my head, but like maybe 5,000 who only went down for the game. You know what I mean? Because a lot of them were down there like three, four it's days a, a ahead of time. Yeah. The weather's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's the time of year. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think a lot of folks are going to be heading to the game on Friday. Now, I was down in St. George on the weekend uh, for the Thanksgiving weekend and coming home yesterday, uh, man. Got outside of uh, Cedar C- Cedar City, all the way past uh, Beaver was pretty much uh, stop and go. Uh, that was a it was a, a decent uh, traffic thing. So I suspect we'll see the same type of thing, maybe heading down. But yeah, I think you you fans are going to rally because this is a great opportunity, and it's much closer uh, by what uh, probably half to drive to Santa Clara. T- uh, drive time versus Vegas, right? It's like 12, 13 hours mm-hmm. to go from here to oh, this is all way the way down trip. to S- Santa Clara. Yeah, this is way uh, easier. Here, you know, six hours, unless you're coming from, you know, north, but just going from like downtown. So I'm excited for this opportunity because I think that the Ute fans are really going to show up. And, I, you know, I wonder about Oregon, uh, how many fans they're going to have. They're going to have some because they always have some. But I don't know that they would have as much as they would normally have, say, if uh, like this was to go to the playoff. But, that would motivate more people. Yeah, it would motivate more people. But I view Oregon, uh, uh, and it's obviously pun intended, as a wounded duck. Because it's almost like the embarrassment of two weeks ago is a huge motivating force and you're not going to get the playoff. But you lost to Stanford, so you don't deserve the playoff. Stanford sucks this year. Let's call it like it is. You lost to Stanford. Stanford didn't win again. That was their last win. Yeah. So, I mean, that's inexcusable. You know what I mean? It's like trying to spell Oregon State as a good team and you lost to Colorado. Not happening. I can't go there. Um, and so, but the Rose Bowl, I think, is a decent consolation prize. So, go get it. You know, because there's still, and I'm obviously 100% biased here, but the Rose Bowl to me is the pinnacle of the non-playoff bowls. You know, the the setting, the day, it, the tradition, the parade. Well, the fact they got to hold on to their day and their time slot, no matter what, tells you that that's all true. Yeah, yeah. You don't mess with it. You know, some things are sacred. The granddaddy is sacred. I mean, you went to see the Aztecs at Aztec Field with your granddaddy. <laughs> at Aztec Field? I don't know. What was it called? <laughs> <laughs> where they built the basketball stadium now. <laughs> uh, that's not where I went. It's Aztec Bowl. But I, I didn't go there. They left the Aztec. <laughs> I was in Aztec Bowl once for a high school football Because well, you can see it. You can see the bleachers. They left some of the bleachers it's outside. It's on it's there. Cool. You see it. It's yeah. cool, actually, the way they built it and left the bleachers coming out of the, yeah. the basketball right. arena. You, if you've been yeah. to see a basketball game there, you can see those bleachers, the, what is it, concrete or whatever, where well, it used in, to be. They played in Qualcomm and the Murph, San Diego Stadium originally. Yeah, but you and Granddad. Right, but that was... Will you shed a tear if you beat the Aggies? Will you think? Of, will you go to the cemetery? I will not go to the cemetery. <laughs> I can guarantee you, I got no no trip planned to the cemetery. We did it, Dad. We did it, Granddad. If they get if if they get in the playoff, maybe I'll do that. 
<laughs> not, not for the Mountain West Conference title. Well, they've I mean, already they've already won it twice in the last. I, decade. I know, but there's you know we make fun of it, but there's a twelve and one. You got a hell of a team, man. Absolutely, it's a good year. <laughs> oh, it's is, a great year. They've been ten and one. They've had a couple of ten and one seasons, and they didn't get invited to a bowl. It was a different era. There weren't as many bowl games. So, I think you should think of dad and granddad. I do. I do. You should. That. Yeah. They we freaking win the conference and go twelve and one. That's about as good as it gets. Going back to my theory that virtually nobody goes undefeated. Coming up next, Blake Anderson, Aggie football coach, headed to the Mountain West Conference title game. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. Yak, do you have something you want to give away? Yeah, no, we got jazz tickets for tonight. When do you want to give those away? Do it next. All right, in the next segment, we'll come back from break. We'll give away jazz tickets. If you want to win, make sure you're here. The Jazz at home tonight, and we will send you to the game. They're playing the Blazers tonight, 7 o'clock, tip time. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. You've got some big openings right now for Kalani Sataki. And if he goes 5-0 and against the Pac-12, it's going to really create some interesting conversations. However you want to look at it. I don't care if you think that Kalani is secured and locked down and things are okay. Because right now, if he beats Arizona, Utah, Arizona State, Washington State, and then USC, I don't know how the Pac-12 doesn't just open up a Brinks truck and say, what do you want? That's 5-0 and against the Pac-12. And that'll be 6-1 and in Power 5 play for Kalani. So that would be 20-3 and three in a two-year period. It's a pretty good record. Fantastic coaching performance by Kalani and his entire staff. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. we got a pair of tickets to see the Jazz and the Blazers tonight, 7 o'clock here at Vivint Arena. If you want to go to the game, be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Call right now for Jazz Blazer tickets. If you don't win now, win again at uh, 1030. You'll have another chance coming up with Jake and Ben at 1030. And every hour, half past the hour, all day long here on the Zone Sports Network. It's time right now to welcome in Utah State football coach Blake Anderson. Coach, good morning. Good morning. Coach, were you happier with the way your team played in New Mexico or the scores that you were getting fed to you as the updates came in from the San Diego State-Boise State game? Well, I didn't, I didn't get any scores until uh, after halftime. I, was, uh, I gave instructions I didn't want to know. <laughs> um, just wanted to see how our guys would handle things. We, we, you know, we obviously knew we were favored in the in the matchup and, and should be able to take care of business if we don't go down there and just do silly things and I, w- I was really pleased we we came out and uh and, and were able to uh hit the hit the big play offensively against the defense that's really kind of strange to prepare for and defensively we did what we were supposed to do we we played assignment ball didn't give up anything uh crazy you know we kind of we, we knew they were they were struggling to to put an offense on the field that that could uh, move the ball, you know, really kind of consistently. We were really worried about the trick play, the, the kind of big, um, you know, out of gap, out of assignment type play, and, and we avoided all that. And, and so I was pleased with how we played in the first half. Uh, didn't find out about the score till halftime. It was good to good to know at that point that it was at least in question, and um, didn't get the final score till right before the fourth half, fourth quarter. 
So you had an hour between the start times between their game and your game, and you had zero temptation to sneak a look at your phone? Oh, I had lots of temptation, but I didn't have the phone in my pocket. And I told the guys on the staff that were, you know, that weren't really involved in calling the game that I, I just I didn't want to know. I wanted to concentrate on the first half, and and we'd worry about it. You know, we'd worry about it later. And really, nothing we could do about it anyway. Right. Just wanted to make sure we took care of our business. And with them being triple option, always makes you nervous. And their defense has made everybody's life miserable for quite a while. Rocky does a great job. So I just wanted to focus on us playing the best ball we could. And I was pleased with. With how the first half went, so sure um, didn't really even even you know give myself a, uh, an opportunity to ask until right before the fourth quarter. So because I knew time wise that yeah. we should have some idea, and yeah, um, yeah. I, it was it was possible for me to get the score right before the fourth quarter, so I could bring the group up and just tell them to be really smart about how they handled the fourth quarter. Look, San Diego State won. We've got another game to play. If we don't do anything stupid. You're we didn't big. want anybody to, you know, to get a personal foul or, or do something oh, silly yeah, down yeah, the stretch. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was really the only time we talked about it. Well, how about though? You got like seventy-five to one hundred people. How'd you keep them? How'd that work? Because you could have, I, and I can get you because you're the face of the program and you're intense on what's in front of you. But there's a lot of stuff going on to the sides of you and behind you. Did you do stuff to make sure that everybody didn't know, including your kids? Well, I, the way they reacted when I told them before the fourth quarter would tell me that nobody had leaked the information to them yet. I mean, it was almost it was almost bang bang. I mean, when the when the third quarter whistle went dead, um, you know, I, we typically bring everybody up right then anyway. And a lot of times I don't step in the huddle. Sometimes I do, but it, it almost worked perfectly. I mean, literally the the San Diego State Boise game had just gone to zeros as we were transitioning to the fourth quarter. I don't know that any of them had heard. They didn't react as if they had heard. When I told them, look, San Diego State won. We got 15 minutes to play. Uh, just the energy in the group and the response tells me that that they they obviously didn't know. Now, I, they're, they're bound to be people on the sideline. Trainers, you know, uh, DFO staff, personnel staff that probably – the AD. I mean, I know John and my wife were watching the game intently the whole time <laughs> over on the sideline. So there's – I just don't think it had trickled through to our players yet, and it, it almost landed where it had happened so quickly from the time the game was over to the time I got a chance to say something. I really don't think they knew anything. Well, that would have been uh, it. Would have been weird if at the start of the game or early in the game you had found out Boise State was up sixteen to three and was dominating. That could have cast a pall over things and the energy level guys play with. I'm a little surprised the Lobos just didn't put it on the scoreboard. Uh, yeah, me too. To be honest, and, and honestly, most. Most places that you play, they're going to have conference games. Are up. kind of yeah. scrolling, yeah. You know, so I, I didn't see it anywhere. Uh, it never popped up, and so it worked out in our favor. I just talked all week about controlling what we can control. Go play the best game we can. And try to you know kind of get the taste of our mouth of, of the game we played against Juan. We didn't play well and frustrated about that. So I, I feel like the kids handle it, handle it uh, as, as good as you as you could. So is it a situation of good news you get to play San Diego State, but bad news you have to play San Diego State? <laughs> yeah, they're a good football <laughs> team and catching them on the road. Yeah, you know, I, we'll take the challenge. Yeah, we'll take the challenge. I think um, what we do offensively, you know, can create some problems for them. They 
the one game they lost, Fresno kind of spreads you out a little bit. And, and so there's some similarities there. Um, I think we've learned some things about us defensively, and hopefully we'll approach uh, you know this game in a way that gives us the best chance to be successful. But, I mean, we don't have to be better than them every day of the week. We just got to be better on Saturday at noon. And uh, we'll, we'll prepare that way to, to, to you know, really go in with a game plan that minimizes the, the uh, mismatches that we're going to see. There are going to be some and really plays to our strengths. And it's, it's helped us win some games this season that, honestly, on paper, we weren't supposed to win. So why not another one? So San Diego State changed quarterbacks in the middle of the game. That was part of the spark. Also, the early start maybe was part of it, too. But uh, do you prepare for both quarterbacks in that case? Brookshire's played in five games now, although that's the first game he's played in in more than a month. Yeah, I think we kind of have to. We we don't really know what to expect. We've seen both be effective. And, I mean, you don't win 11 games with two different quarterbacks playing unless they both bring some value to things. So I, I think we have to have the approach that we could see either or both, kind of similar to what we, we dealt with going into San Jose. Um, it, it, it presents some issues for us, obviously, because they don't they don't play exactly the same style of ball. But I think we're pretty, pretty um, I don't know, it, they don't disguise a whole lot. They, you know what they want to do. They want to run the ball at you and play great defense and control the control the clock and, and find out how physical you can play. So regardless which one up is out there, that, that's going to be the challenge defensively. We got to we got to find a way to own the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I wouldn't think there'd be any surprises because you look at Hoke. He was a, a Big Ten guy. He coached under Long. He coached with Long. He succeeded Long. And it's it's basically you know what they're all about. The thing that I'm a little concerned with for you guys is you've spoken uh, in, in a sense of that you need to get bigger and that type of thing. And this San Diego State team, to an extent, reminds me of like a BYU team in terms of their size and their strength and all that type of stuff. How much does that concern you? Because you've been up front saying that's an area that you need to address. Yeah, it's absolutely a concern. It, it, you know, We're going to have to try to use speed and quickness. We're going to have to be really smart with our personnel packages to try to match their size. They're one of the biggest teams in the league. You know, He's built that team that way on purpose and doesn't have to go too far from home to find the guys to do it. Uh, you know, there's been a, at times this year we've been a little bit more effective at it than others and been able to disguise a little bit of that. So, but we're going to have to hold point some way, somehow. We're going to have to hold point, and we can do that with adding extra bodies. We can do that with movement. We can do that with some sub-personnel packages. So I think we're going to have to attack the problem every way we can, and then hopefully offensively we can make them really uncomfortable and create a tempo that's uncomfortable for them. And, and in some games, as we've seen earlier in the year, you know, maybe change the tempo of the game and make it a little bit more of our style of game than, than theirs. And that would be, you know, that would be huge for us if we can get that kind of game going. Do you think that they will even try to run the ball outside the numbers that much, or are they really just going to run it right at you and stay inside the tackles? You know, they like outside zone. I don't think they'll get too far away from what they do. Uh, outside zone, power, inside zone, those things are we're going to have to stop them. At, we, you know, we did a great job against Colorado State. We did a terrible job against Wyoming. So there's some similarities. Uh, you know, we at times we we did a good job against Boise and BYU, and at times they just, I mean, right through us. So it's going to be uh, all the things we've learned through the season. Figuring out what's our best answers against this particular group. I don't think they'll change personality. They're good at what they do. It's got them 11 and one. I, I think they stay within their personality. 
and we're going to have to find a way to defend it. And so I would expect outside zone power, inside zone, and and you know then athletic quarterbacks that, that, that clearly can move the chains. And one of the best punters in the country that's going to flip the field, and, and we're going to have to play our best ball to, to find a way to win. Any concern about a happy-to-be-here mentality? I sure hope not. First conversation we have, man, is it's not enough just to get there, man. You get this opportunity maybe once a lifetime. Uh, some of these guys are almost done with their career. You need to you need to squeeze every ounce of juice out of it you can. Let's go. Let's go find a way to win. I like the the way they approached it coming out of the locker room, the body language, and the you know just the way they responded to me was good. Uh, we'll hit it again, you know, every day this week. And I've been in this situation before, uh, and and. Each team kind of handles it differently. Uh, hopefully this group will go there hungry and, and excited about the opportunity and, and, and really challenged to try to find a way to win it, not, not just happy to take the trip. Are there going to be some Aggie fans happy to uh, pick up 20 to 30 degrees in the weather, maybe go to the beach and uh, follow you guys down there? Yeah, I would think so. Now, it's supposed to be pretty here in town all week, so we've been pretty fortunate. But, yeah, I think there's a, there'll be some trips to L.A. people excited about being out there and seeing the sunshine on the beach. Recruiting is open now. I think you can make uh, visits and all that stuff. How are you balancing that this week? Well, you know, obviously having to use Zoom and phone and FaceTime to let guys know, hey, we'd love to be there, but we've got we've got work to do. The people that are that are coming by to see you this week is because they're not playing. And uh, you know, I'd rather be playing and and making phone calls than than being out on the out on the road this week. We'll we'll hammer it next week as heavy as we can and get to December signing day. But to me, this is a good problem to have. When you're playing, there's only there's only a handful of schools that are they're still working. Everybody else is out recruiting. I'd rather be playing a game this week. I suppose you could probably have a few California kids that you're talking to uh, show up at the game. Uh, we may have some guys. We are recruiting some dudes in the area, and we can't have contact with them. But it would not surprise me if some guys made the trip. Well, Coach, good luck on the trip there. The Mountain West Conference title game Saturday on Fox against San Diego State. Good luck, and we will talk to you next week. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, join us here on the Zone Sports Network. All right, when we come back, your feedback, everything you've had to say about today's show coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. DJ PK brought to you in part by Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of America Standard Furnace, American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for their $59 furnace tune-up special or visit them online at leesheatac.com. Well, PK. Yes. A little bit of NFL breaking news you just shared during the break. Cowboys. Virus out, coaches, but players okay, at least so far. Yeah, so they'll miss their head coach. They'll miss a bunch of assistants, but uh, no, they'll be ready to play. I think I think they'll be okay coaching wise. You think Bob Stoops is going to take over? Bob Stoops is taking over how many teams? <laughs> <laughs> well, one's uh, what? It's the bowl game, so he's got a few weeks. Because they're not, uh, who is it, uh, Baylor and, uh, who are they playing? Uh, Oklahoma State, right? In, yes. In the title It game. is Baylor and Oklahoma State. Yeah. So they don't have anything to do there. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do there. It's an unfortunate situation. I think, we've been, I think, though, we've been fortunate, relatively speaking, as far as the, the, the season hasn't been too uh, interrupted because of that stuff. 
college, it's the USC Cal game getting rescheduled to this weekend. That's that's the one, right? Other than that, the colleges have pretty much gone off as scheduled. Yeah, there's been games like, for instance, the Cal game against Arizona. They had most of their guys out because of this stuff that apparently is just frustrating Wilcox beyond belief in mm-hmm. Berkeley to the point where I you know heard that he's considering leaving if he has another opportunity. We'll see how that plays out. I've already heard Sonny Dykes to Oklahoma. Sorry, TC. I, I got him better. <laughs> I was there for half a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Oklahoma's a better program than TCU, although TCU is a good program uh, and has been for a number of years, as we knew firsthand when they were in the Mountain West. But, you know, and Sonny Dykes, is, he's really good on offense. He's proven that a million times over. He's like Rich Rod without all the extra drama. Uh, we got a report here that uh, Sam Charania says uh, Michael Porter Jr. expected to miss the remainder of the season due to back surgery. He's got a five-year extension kicking in, but he and the Nuggets are going big picture on his health and his back. They're already without Murray for a big part of this year. They're game under five hundred at 9-10, and 10, so just get through this season and try to get the band together next year. That's the way it looks like it's training for the Nuggets, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. There is the breaking news. All right. uh, Your feedback on today's show. Uh, Please tell PK that nobody cares who votes for who. Nobody cares whether he's conservative or liberal or in between or far left or far right. Nobody, nobody, nobody cares, PK. Did I mention nobody? That's from Mike Scotty Toddy. I would agree with that. (laughs) But you mentioned politics once early in the show. And apparently he cares because that's an awfully long tweet for somebody who doesn't care. Well, I like to tweak on that stuff, but I don't care. You can be whatever you want. I, I choose to be nothing. I'm like BYU. I'm an independent. Uh, we got a lot of takes on... Uh, I, mean, I lean hardcore liberal, that's for sure. Really? Yeah. Uh, we've got a lot of takes Compared here. to you, you're so freaking right. It's ridiculous. <laughs> we got a lot of takes here on USC... <laughs> On USC, uh, hire an Oklahoma's coach away. We're going to have to uh, put that up and get people's reaction and dive into that tomorrow. What uh, ethnicity are you? What? What ethnicity are you? <laughs> Why do you ask? Just tell me. <laughs> no. Come on, English? What, Scottish? You just give me one. Uh, so, yeah, on my, uh, on my dad's side of the family, going to my dad's dad, English. Yeah, well. My, gr- my mom's mom, Swedish. If you ain't a Republican, you ain't English. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Well, that okay, Biden. Ah, there you go. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, people all over the map on uh, on the hire here. On what hire? On Riley jumping from Oregon to USC. Jumping into the Pac-12. Actually, Oklahoma. But oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, two things are going to happen to Riley. One, he'll either get fired in a few years, or two, he'll dominate because the Pac-12 stinks. Oregon and Utah are keeping the Pac-12 above water, just ahead of the ACC, from becoming the worst P5 conference. Yeah, so? Two paths. Well, you're either going to win or you're going to lose. <laughs> right. <laughs> and at USC, they're paying you a lot of money. And now, apparently, they're paying a lot more money. 
Yeah, and then the next guy who succeeds Lincoln Riley, whenever that might be, that could be 20 years, is going to get paid more money than he got. Blah, blah, blah. I just don't get in what they're making. They're all making outrageous amounts of money, and good for them. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We'll dive into all that tomorrow. Coming up next, Jake and Ben, and they've got tickets to the Jazz and the Pelicans tonight, it's and they'll the give those Trailblazers tickets w- tonight. Why did I say Pelicans? They're playing the Pelicans <laughs> three times in four days. Got to get Pelicans out of my brain. The Jazz playing the Trailblazers tonight, and they've got tickets, and they're giving them away at 10:30 right here on the Zone Sports Network.